You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. We love having you on board. If you like what you're listening to, when we give you all this content about the Browns, especially the behind-the-scenes stuff, all you need to do is subscribe to the podcast, give us some stars, and tell us you love us. That's all we care about because we're just simple guys. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. All right, it is a very special edition. I guess is this an emergency edition? I'm not quite sure. It feels like one. The Deshaun Watson decision uh, has been made. We know what the deal is. It's 11 games. It's a $5 million fine. And he has got to pass a clearance house of therapy things that he's got to execute before he'll be allowed back out on the field. Daryl, I want your initial thoughts on what is a settlement and not a verdict. Right. And uh, I think that this was the best path forward for Deshaun to get on the field this year. We've talked about that quite a bit, Andy. Um, the NFL gets what they want, and that is an increase of the punishment. Deshaun Watson and his camp gets what they want, and that means he gets to get on the field. Uh, ironically, his first game will be uh, the first weekend of December in Houston uh, against the uh, the Texans. So um, n- now it's, uh, you know, looking forward. They're trying to get this all behind them. That's one of the big takeaways from uh, being out in Berea. They are just anxious to get this story to the back burner and get it behind them. And if I took anything away from Deshaun's comments, the settlements, the apologies was 100% about that and not so much him being really, truly sorry for anything that may or may not have happened. Yeah, I don't know that I'm I'm close to making that judgment yet. Also, because I, I don't know if anyone has said this, but he still has one civil case pending. Right. So if he changes his tune, it could cost him a ton of cash. Right. But again, again, it's obvious what has transpired. At least that we think, and he still wants to defend himself. And I can't stop a guy for wanting to 
uh, defend himself. As for the NFL, I, Daryl, I liken Commissioner Roger Goodell because I don't think he got what he wanted. I think the NFL got what they wanted, but I don't think the commissioner did. I, I would liken the commissioner in this story like a baseball fight, and he is a bullpen pitcher. And there's a, fight, there's a fight at home plate, and you always see these bullpen pitchers run in. And I always say to myself, if these guys really want to fight, why are they not fighting the other bullpen guys in the outfield? And they run in as fast as they can, and then they stop and don't do anything. Roger Goodell, to me, the commissioner of the NFL, is a bullpen pitcher in a brawl, and they don't really do a whole lot because I think he had the opportunity to do a whole lot more. He handed it off. And I also think in some ways, he may not have heard the answers that he wanted to hear coming back on a full game suspension. Your thoughts? Well, I, I'm. It, it's clear that Goodell did not want to uh, be the bad guy here, uh, to be the the judge, jury, and executioner. He wanted to pass that off to somebody else. And I, th- even though he didn't get what he wanted out of it, Andy, I think that he comes away with this able to wash his hands clean, because. Uh, this, as you said, is a settlement uh, between the NFLPA, Deshaun Watson's legal team, and uh, the NFL. So, um, you know, Goodell can kind of wash his hands clean, say, hey, we made it very clear our position as a, as a league, what we were looking for from a disciplinary standpoint. And look, they got some of that. I mean, he got fined $5 million, which is the basically the equivalent of us paying a, a speeding ticket. Which I, I believe is the largest individual player fine in the history of the league uh, under the personal conduct policy. Under the personal conduct policy, yeah. um, he before he can be reinstated, he has to get a professional behavioral evaluation, uh, and any treatment plan or recommendations that are put before him, he is required to complete or participate in that to be eligible for reinstatement. Uh, so that's another part of this, which is again, another element that the NFL was looking for. So I don't, when I look at the final punishment, Andy, I don't walk away from it thinking like the NFL got nothing out of this. They got, uh, nearly a double in the discipline from six to 11 games. They got a $5 million fine out of him. They got uh, the treatment uh, that they wanted or wanted to require. And they got that as well. Um, and the team will be controlling his uh, massage therapy uh, related to him being the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns going forward. Um, the specifics don't know. The Browns certainly uh, don't want to know or, or don't want us to know, but I, I do feel like the NFL uh did win a little here in this settlement. I mean, both sides that, I mean, that's what settlements are about. Uh, and the right. compromise, I think both sides here are compromised. So uh, just a little more behind the scenes stuff. Like I, I had a source that was telling me some stuff that I wasn't sure if it was going to come true and all of it came true. Um, and uh, part of it is, I don't know unless it's what he wanted the commissioner had turned things over to Peter C. Harvey, and I don't think Peter C. Harvey thought there was enough to give him a full year. And I don't know if that's what the commissioner wanted to hear. Even though, because, you know, you heard this whole, yes, yeah, he's a yes man, he's a yes man. I, right. I, Jeff and I kept questioning that because of his, his history and his background. And even though right. he was part of the collective bargaining agreement, 
And I think that the league would have had issues in court about what their sexual misconduct policy is. And because it was in the initial ruling from Sue L. Robinson, that while these things were illegal, as far as the NFL was concerned, they were not considered illegal as far as the law was concerned. Then if you went back to court, there would have been issues with that. So this is the best case scenario, uh, a resolution um, of settlement rather than having to have the league hand down, you know, uh, uh, Peter C. Harvey's verdict because who knows the commissioner could have looked even worse than that because you know if he didn't say a full year for what the commissioner was asking for the commissioner wasn't going to look good I think the best part about this is there's resolution and that is really what I think maybe the major focus should be on well a couple of things here one the NFL only presented four of the cases in this hearing process to Suelle Robinson that's what she evaluated her 16 page findings, ruling, however you want to uh, term it, <clears throat> the, the, the report that she submitted. So 25 lawsuits total. One was dropped because uh, a judge required that the plaintiffs use their actual names in the filings. Uh, the accuser did not want to do that. So that particular suit got dropped. The 24 remaining suits, he has settled 23. He originally settled 20. Then he settled three more. Uh, over the weekend before Suelle Robinson's findings came out. To your point earlier, Andy, there is one pending case. And yes, Deshaun Watson is limited in what he could say as far as any type of uh, admission of culpability or whatever. Um, the the One of the big problems that I think had arose with Suelle Robinson's report is the sexual assault portion of the report. Because he now is labeled as somebody who committed sexual assault under the terms or guidelines that the NFL uses, according to what she wrote. That's not me saying it. That's not you saying it. it that's not, that is what she put in her report. And I think that that's dangerous, um, especially considering the type of evidence that might have been used here. And I had been talking to some people to your point about not Peter Harvey, not coming to the conclusion potentially that this was, this warranted a full year suspension, because I do think that there's some questions, you know, in her own report, she wrote multiple times in each of the findings, circumstantial evidence, enough of you know preponderance of the evidence to carry the burden that i believe that this uh you know happened the way the league says it did and therefore it is a violation and uh civil cases require a much different burden of proof than criminal cases require um and i think that that's important that he was not criminally charged two grand juries said no bill File no bills, not enough evidence to prosecute him. So there's a lot in here that in, in this situation that we don't know, um, you know, the, the, the 400 plus pages of evidence that the league submitted and stuff like that. Well, what was that? Was it just text messages? And this, there's, you know, co- conflict in some of the stories of the accusers them coming back to him, willing to do business with him again after stuff allegedly happened and whatnot. So when you have those inconsistencies, 
like I, there's a reason the NFL of the 25 lawsuits originally filed, there's a reason the NFL only pursued four of them to present to Sewell Robinson. And I think that's a big piece of this puzzle. It's going to be interesting when the movie comes out, right? We're going to find out why they only had four. Well, and Deshaun Watson did say at the end of his press conference, he was asked. Not that there's a movie pending, but you guys should be sure someone from Hollywood's like, oh, this is a great movie. Yeah. Um, But he did say at the end of his press conference when he was asked that uh, once I think things settle down or whatever, at some point, I think you are going to see him do a sit down interview with somebody. I don't know who that's going to be. But I could see him doing a 60-minute style sit-down interview with somebody to tell his side of the story and his view of the accounts and maybe how they contrast with uh, what was alleged. He would, though, however, be a fool to do that before settling the last case. 100%. Yeah, so I wouldn't expect that sit down interview till no, I no, and I did not come away from that press yeah. conference thinking that this was coming anytime soon. But you know, gotcha. we're, talking, we're we're talking down the road, a couple of years down the road, because I mean there is there is the rehabilitation aspect of his image now, because you know this is something that's going to stick with him for the rest of his career, um, and uh, Jimmy Haslam admitted today that that's. The Browns are in the business now of Deshaun Watson and rehabilitating not just him as a person. Uh, and, and that's not to say that he needs rehabilitation. I want to be clear. I'm not accusing him or saying he did anything. But, um, you know, Jimmy Haslam used the term rehabilitation. So I'm uh, that's why I use it. But they, they also got they got, you know, they're going to be in the business of uh, trying to put Deshaun in situations. And we saw that during training camp with him after every practice, signing autographs, taking selfies and pictures and, you know, uh, shaking hands and, you know, dapping up fans and things like that. Um, that is, uh, you know, part of that process to, for the, from the Browns perspective to say, Hey, this guy's not the, uh, the terrible human being that he's been painted out to be as a result of these uh, accusations. All right, so there's a, a number of different ways we're going to go. I, I do want to, and please stick with us, because, Daryl, I want to talk about the press conference from <clears throat> from the media point of view and why some questions were asked, why some questions weren't asked, um, who gave information, what was the response. So we're going to get to that in just a second. But, uh, again, it was hard for me not to watch Deshaun today and think, all right, how was he going to answer some of these questions? I mean, he was pressed. He was pressed hard on some of those questions. He was, yeah. And – you know, again, he, there were times when I wish that his advice would have been, hey, I'd love to talk about that. We're going to talk about that down the road. My legal team is saying I cannot say a word, but I'm looking forward to talking to that at some point. Like that would have been a real solid answer for him on a lot of questions, and he would have answered a lot of them like that too. It might be frustrating from a media standpoint or from a fan standpoint, but knowing that there's still a case pending, I think that that's, that's fair game. And, you know, Obviously, he's not going to get out there and say anything that wouldn't he, – he he doesn't want to walk down a road that's going to get him into even more trouble, cause more right. drama, and have more issues. So I think there's a there's a rationale behind I think what he was saying. What, here's what I think he could have said. with Without admitting any guilt or admitting any wrongdoing, because he was very – again, matter of fact – you know, uh, last Friday with Aditi Kinkabwala on the uh, the pregame TV show, um, uh, you know, which is controlled by the team. He said, you know, I'm sorry to those who were impacted, et cetera, et cetera. He reiterated that today, but 
also really hammered home. I, I'm, I didn't do anything wrong. I may, I maintain my innocence. I don't feel I did anything wrong. Here's, here's, I think something that is somewhat problematic when you talk about therapy, because it's the old adage. You can't fix a problem until you admit you have a problem. Okay. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson has a problem, but when you're talking from a clinical standpoint and therapy here, um, like he's, and to your point, still has a case pending. And maybe that's part and parcel to why his approach was the way it was, but it would have been nice for him to say, you know what? Um, one aspect of my behavior that I I'm committed to changing is I'm not going to slide in Instagram DMS to solicit massages anymore from professional therapists. Right. Yeah. That, I think that's that, a fair answer, Daryl. hundred percent. That is, that is not an admission of doing anything wrong. That's just, that is uh, conceding a behavioral change that you're going to make. I am no longer to be in compliance with what the league is requesting of me and what the Browns have requested me. I will not, be DMing therapists seeking treatment on my own. I think him saying that today would have gone a long way because that's a fact. That is an established fact, not in dispute here, that that is how he was contacting the majority of these therapists was by using social media. And I think that would have gone a long way because, again, didn't have to admit that you did anything wrong and, or whatnot, uh, but he's not, not even willing to go there. And I think that that gets to the heart of I is of, that lawyered though. That's my question. Again, yeah. I, I don't. It, it very well could be, but um, you know, whatever therapy he has, and I mean this sincerely. I hope it works for him. I hope it helps him. I hope it makes him better as a as a person, and you know whatnot. You know, no one here is rooting against the guy. Nobody here is out to get the guy. Uh, certainly not me. But part of our job is to hold people accountable. That's what the media, you know, being the quote fourth estate, that's, that's one of our jobs, holding people to account who have the power. Sean Watson has the power. The Haslam's have the power. Andrew Berry has the power. And I think we did a fairly decent job of that uh, in the press conference today. But um, you know, he is uh, again, to your point, still dealing with one active case. And so maybe he still, has to hold back a little bit until that has been resolved. Daryl, I also, I don't want to talk about it today just because we have so much other stuff going on, but I think there's a point here about therapy, who knows you're in therapy and why it's important for athletes to let people know or not. And a lot of that has to do with, I think, some of the things that Kevin Love has done to help people that need help. But that's for another show for another day. When we come back, I want to talk uh, about how the sausage is made, basically, is, is, is the, probably the best way you put it before the show. That there are questions about the media and the questions about what Jimmy and D. Haslam said and um, and Andrew Barry. So let's dive into that. The, the Really the behind-the-scenes stuff of what goes on in Berea when you're watching or listening to one of those press conferences and you know what's real and what's not. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, Subscribe. Back after this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. It's always game day in Cleveland. Uh, emergency edition, I guess. Well, now that we know that Deshaun Watson is out for at least 11 games. No, he's out for 11 games. $5 million. I guess I could say at least because there's still some uh, some protocol he's got to make sure that he clears before he's allowed to come back after that. So uh, that is truthful. So, you know, we're in the situation with, with Deshaun Watson and we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, what's next for the Browns, because we do know that Jacoby Brissett will be the starting quarterback week one and he'll be there for a while. I want to go back to the press conference now. And, you know, I'm sure Daryl, cause I, I mean, I've been out there. I listened today. I'm sure there are criticisms of the media. I'm sure there are criticisms of, Deshaun and Jimmy and D Haslam and Andrew Barry. So walk me behind the scenes of what we really learned and what might've been bothering listeners or folks that were chiming in uh, for the way the media responded to what happened today. Well, a little timeline for you. First of all, we got the statements from the Browns, uh, Jimmy and D Haslam and Deshaun Watson before the NFL actually sent out the official announcement of the discipline that came and this was rapid fire. And then, hey, everyone's going to be available outside in five minutes. Um, so after that all happens, first up is Deshaun. And so keep in mind that Jimmy and D Haslam have been inaccessible to us since, I want to say, the introductory press conference. We have, and that wasn't even an introductory press conference. They were in another country on Zoom for 10 minutes. Okay. Right. And, um, and Deshaun hadn't talked since minicamp. And a lot of stuff had happened. And the, again, going back to Sue Robinson's report, which was really damning concerning the allegations against Deshaun, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, especially about some of the language that she used in that report, because that language, I don't want to say it's another layer of accusations, but like when a term like predatory gets put out there, or she puts in her report that it is very clear to her, not like it's not a fact in dispute to her that he was luring these women using a professional uh, purpose in order to elicit a sexual encounter. 
that's a that's an incredibly strong accusation. Um, again, I go back to what I said earlier about the the sexual assault aspect of it. Again, that is a very strong accusation to make against somebody. And she's a formal federal judge, so that's why it carries weight. This isn't an opinion that's coming from me or you or 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 one of our listeners like th- th- this was 16 pages written by a federal judge here or a former federal judge I should say. So it it carries some weight. And so the contents of that report have never been addressed by anybody, not by the organization, not by Deshaun Watson. So yeah, that stuff while old news to fans because that report came out August 1st, which is almost 3 weeks ago, uh, you know, 17 18 uh, days earlier. While that might be old news to fans, we never had the opportunity to address that with anybody. So needed to address it with Deshaun, needed to address the contents with Andrew Barry and Jimmy and D. Haslam. Absol- we're not doing our jobs if we don't ask about that stuff because, again, it just it's another layer of, uh, for lack of a better term, accusations on top of what we already knew, you know, knew he was accused of. So it was important to make sure that some of that stuff gets flushed out. And then, and then the other part of this, all right, what are you doing going forward? How do you make sure this never happens again? Or that he's never in a situation where this potentially could happen again. How do you put him in? How do you, how do you ensure that he can't be accused of anything like this again? That's the better way to phrase it, right? right. Make sure that there's under, under no circumstances will another will a massage therapist in in Cleveland uh, accuse Deshaun Watson of any impropriety? What are you going to do organizationally to protect Deshaun and to protect uh, uh, the therapist, right? Right. That Those questions have to be asked. We're not doing our jobs if we don't ask those questions. First of all, not fun to ask. You think I wanted to stand in front of Deshaun Watson and say, hey, how's it feel to have a former federal judge and the commissioner of the National Football League refer to you as a predator? You think I really, truly enjoyed asking that question to Deshaun Watson today? I was just as uncomfortable asking that question as I'm sure Deshaun was hearing it and answering it, okay? Mm-hmm. So this we don't go into these things looking to get our kicks. That's not how this works, but there was very, you know, these accusations that were levied in, in civil court were serious. Uh, all but one have been resolved. The discipline now has been resolved. Um, so that's kind of just the thinking behind some of these questions that fans, I, I think some fans get uh, frustrated with the media and, and feel like we're just out to get people and make people. Look, Jimmy Haslam had a great monologue today about second chances. We gave yeah. Kareem Hunt. A second chance. That's worked out really well. We're confident it's going to work for Deshaun. You know, what's this guy supposed to do? Crawl in a hole, never be seen again type of a, a theme to it. I, I thought that was pretty good. Um, them saying that they would not uh, do anything different. Again, like the organization has been, has had mud thrown in it for the past, well, since March, since this trade, right? right. Everyone's talking about just how terrible the Cleveland Browns are for uh, not only making a trade for this guy, but throwing $230 million at him. So, yeah, reliquate, would you do this again? Is this worth it to you? All this grief you're taking. The answer we got today, absolutely, we do it again. 
And yes, it is because we believe Deshaun Watson's a great player. Again, Jimmy Haslam saying the quiet part out loud. He's a really good player. And so it's worth taking the chance that this is never going to happen again. So that is why some of these questions got asked today. And then uh, I give uh, Bailey Burmaster from Channel 19 a lot of credit. She, I tried getting in my question to them about, hey, how are you guys going to make sure this doesn't happen again or cannot happen again? And she was able to get it in uh, a couple of questions down the line about, all right, what are you doing? Is it going to be, you know, or is he getting male or female masseuses? Is the team controlling this thing, whatever? Now, Andrew Berry didn't want to really comment on specifics about that kind of stuff. But again, these questions have to be asked. We are not there as fans. We are not there to take pictures with players. We are not there to shake hands and dap up with players and hug them and high five them and get their autographs and take selfies and all this kind of stuff. It is a very professional environment. And, you know, I, I admit sometimes I fail. I try and be as respectful as possible when asking difficult questions. I don't ask questions to be a jerk or to make myself a story or the, the star of the show. But I, I ask questions I feel that are relevant, that are fair, and absolutely have to be addressed. And I think because everybody was available within the span of a half hour, well, I mean, and by the way, going to be my only shot. I don't think we're going to talk to Deshaun Watson for a long time, and we probably aren't going to hear from the Haslams for a long time, and I know we're not going to hear from Andrew Barry anytime soon. So that's the other thing. We get, like – very limited availability with these folks too regarding so, this situation. Yeah. Just talking about availability with them too. Like, I don't know that, you know, I, I kind of like Randy Lerner for the simple fact that he just spent money and never talked. And I didn't have a problem with that. Cause I knew that's what right. we were getting. Right. Whereas um, Art Modell, we used to, in the golf cart. He never saw a reporter. Never stopped talking. Yeah, yeah. He never saw a reporter. He didn't want to talk to. I, I don't you think you'd expect Andrew Barry after the final cuts, he's going to have to talk there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, sometimes uh, maybe we'll get statements or whatever, depending if there's someone significant. Are you, uh, I, I, I gotta be honest. I, I don't know. It doesn't always happen. I, I was a little surprised that they all spoke today. I, I, at first, I was. I'll be honest with you. The one <clears throat> criticism that I do have is that they had the Haslam's and Andrew Berry speak at the same time. I did not like that. I wanted them separate. I wanted to go with the Haslam's. And, and I mean that respectful. I'm not, you know what I'm saying. Right. right. I, I wanted uh, an opportunity to visit with the Haslam's and then a separate uh, having uh, Andrew Barry up there. Um, that, that was the one criticism that I had of how the Browns hand, but I get it from a PR standpoint. They only wanted those guys up there for 15 minutes. They wanted to, you know, basically take their beating from the media, right? Field, fielding the questions and whatever, and get out of there as quickly as possible. And and I understand and I respect that, but just from my standpoint, because you're limited, because the question that I that I have for Jimmy is probably a similar question I have for Andrew, or you, you see what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, that, that's probably the last time we are going to hear from folks for a long, long time. So uh, I think that just collectively, I think we did a pretty good job getting everything in that we needed to, because we also like, we had to ask football questions too in there, right. With Andrew Barry. Hey, like not the forum, totally not the forum to talk about Jacoby Brissett. But the reason those questions got asked is because we know, or we don't know, I should say when the hell the next time we get to talk to Andrew Barry is going to be. So we got to get that in today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and and, it, and, that, and that's kind of part of the process too. So hopefully that, 
you know, that explanation, I'm not expecting it to satisfy, you know, uh, any fans that, you know, thought that I was out to get Jimmy and D Haslam or Andrew or Deshaun or whatever. I was a jerk for asking the questions that I was, but just trying to explain a little bit of how and why the job gets done the way it does. Let me, let me ask you this just, and then we'll, I want to move forward here in a moment too with, with the football part of it. And I ask this of every national writer we have on the show. We're in a bubble. Like, I don't think the rest of the world is looking at this. And I, it hit me while I was driving home today, listening to the afternoon show. Like, as far as the case is concerned, is I, I think I'm just more, like, I know what the facts are. I know what I think. Right. But I don't know that that matters in some in some aspects. And, you know, what my morals are, I don't expect anyone else to have the same morals or the right. same. 100%. Thoughts. So I, I try to separate from a lot of that stuff. Um, but I did think there was one really interesting point that they made on the afternoon show is like, I keep thinking about how the league looks because the league is going to be here a lot longer than Deshaun Watson. 100%. And, you know, I kept thinking, you know, as far as the commissioner was concerned and the commissioner's role in this and what he had been saying and where we are and, you know, uh, decisions that have been made along the way to get us to where the point we are. And I keep thinking, I'm sitting in Cleveland, and what I think is got to be different than someone who would have the same exact job as me if I was sitting in San Diego or if I was sitting in Kansas City or if I was sitting in Denver or somewhere else because there's a bubble to this story that protects us uh, because of our background with the Browns. I think that's the, the fair way to say it, whether you want to say you grew up a Browns fan or whatever or just, you know, I, I think that all went away when they said, when I first time I walked in a press box and it said, no cheering in the press box. And it really, I mean, for all those parents out there, they're like, oh, I want my kid to be a sportscaster. I got to tell you, it sucks the life out of you when it comes to that. <laughs> as far Because you're taking something that you love as entertainment and well, joy point. and pride. And then, and this is what you're saying about what, you know, where you are and trying to ask some of those tough questions. Well, I mean, look, to your point, I'm the worst person to go to a ball game with because I just sit there. <laughs> yeah. I do. I just, no, I, I get it. I am too. I, you know, everyone's up, you know, I'm just like, you know, oh. I'm more worried about the pitch clock or I'm more worried about, you know, <laughs> hey, did he, is the lineup score. right? I'm at boards. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible guy to go to, to, to go to a ball game with because there's just a, a different decorum. That, Try um, watching a newscast with me. Nobody in my family will. Oh, <laughs> did you see that bad edit? Oh, right. that was horrible. Oh, um, it wasn't good. Yeah. People used to do that to me too, but yeah, they're, I understand what you're saying about, you know, the bubble and, you know, we're, I mean, look, I mean, the Browns are just nonstop drama. It just, it, it doesn't matter uh, what it is. They, since 1999, for better or for worse, the good, the bad, the ugly. 94. I mean, it right. has, it really has been nonstop drama. And unfortunately the team, or I should say the franchise rather, tends to make more headlines off the field than they do on it. You know, the on the, and, and part of, I think the reason why the Haslam's are willing to set morals aside to your point. Right. I mean, we can't expect everyone to share the same morals. Yes. There there are some people there. I look, I know for a fact, there are some people out there that have absolutely no issue with anything. Deshaun Watson uh, was accused of. Um, And, while that might be incomprehensible to some, well, I mean, that's we all have different points of view. But when you have been as bad as they have for as long as they have, um, 
for all the faults that they the Haslam's have had since buying this team, the one thing you can never accuse them of is trying to win. They 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 have spent money to lose because it might help them win down the road. They have spent money to win and it's not panned out. Uh, they so I mean, this was a unique situation. Deshaun Watson, from a football standpoint is one of the best players in the game, and he was available. Kareem Hunt, one of the best players in the game, became available because of off-the-field behavior. And trying to win football games here, folks. So let's bring him in, see if we can work with him and help him out and make him good citizens of the community, et cetera, et cetera, and they're going to win us some football games. And the same approach, Jimmy Haslam said it today. You know, it worked with Kareem Hunt. We're confident it's going to work here with Deshaun. Everybody deserves a second chance. And and so when I'm not saying they were desperate, but when you feel like that's the missing piece to your team and that missing piece comes available and you do the is the juice worth the squeeze evaluation, they made it very clear in spite of every negative headline that's been written for the last four to five months in spite of every criticism that has been in print or on talk radio or whatever, uh, social media, it's all worth it to them if Deshaun Watson comes in and, and wins them a Super Bowl. It's the 100 or even gets them to a Super Hell, the team's never been to a Super Bowl. So even if they get them to a Super Bowl, you know, it, it'll be worth it to them so long as he does not get into any more trouble. Hmm. All right. Let's get back into some of the other headlines because, um, the first game of the season got super interesting behind the scenes today. And, you know, uh, that wasn't even close to a headline today. So we'll talk about popcorn yes. ready. <laughs> Hang tight more. It's always game day in Cleveland straight ahead. If you like what you're listening to, why don't you uh, subscribe to the podcast? We love having you on board. If you want to be a part or if you have questions and you need us to answer, go to Instagram or Twitter at game day CLE. We move forward next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to the podcast. All right, Daryl. Um, some softer stories that <laughs> come out of this day uh, with the big news about Deshaun Watson and his uh, suspension. Now, we have all eyes looking. We know that Jacoby Brissett's supposed to be the game one starter for the Cleveland Browns, but look who's on the other side who's going to be starting too, Baker Mayfield for the Panthers. I mean, this sets up to be 
a whole lot of talk before that game. I don't know if it's going to, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I do know there's going to be a whole lot of talk. And uh, throughout this process with Deshaun Watson and wondering how far he's going to be out and how long he's out, you have to wonder what's been going through Baker Mayfield's mind. I am not even going to venture. I have an idea what I think is going through Baker's mind, but I'm going to keep that to myself just to be fair to everybody involved. Well, I'm sure he wants revenge. There's no question. I mean, that's not too tough. Anybody that goes to play against their old team or their old school wants revenge. I uh, think that he is enjoying watching the situation unfold from afar. And he is motivated to show the Browns that they did not need to make the move that they made. And, uh, you know, he's going to go out there, not only show it, in one particular game, week one, right? Because um, the the irony, again, the guy that he's been replaced with isn't even allowed to play. Trust me, I'm pretty confident that's not been lost on Baker. Um, but, you know, big picture, right? He, want, he wants to, you know, show the Browns that he's a franchise quarterback, but you had me and you didn't want me, so bye-bye. And, uh, and you know, going to go somewhere else and, and, and have that uh, success. But do you yeah. remember the do you remember the scene in Moneyball, Daryl, where they turn to David Justice and they say, huh? the Yankees are paying us for you not to play for them. That, that's what the Yankees think of you. They're yeah. paying, you know, yeah, because he, he said something to he was, you know, yeah, you're you're paying me a lot of money. And and Billy Bean says, uh-uh, Yankees are paying half your salary. That's what the New York Yankees think of you. They're betting that they're better off paying you to not play that for them. And yeah. think about Baker Mayfield situation there. Right. He took a pay cut yeah, to go to Carolina to have the Browns not want him and not even have the starting quarterback that they want. play. Oh, oh trust me. If the Browns lose in week one, my headline is going to be Cleveland Browns pay $10 million to lose again in week one. <laughs> headlines are already written. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's go. Here we go. Your audience of one is going crazy there. All right, so just uh, news that came out of this, though, about the Browns quarterback situation today. I thought it was interesting. So Deshaun Watson can still stay here during training camp, and he can probably come back in the building week six to start he, ramping back up. That that's, he, I think that's CBA. Yeah, he's not uh, playing in the preseason again. Uh, right, but he's not going to play. He could, but he's not. He, he's allowed to, but Kevin Stefanski has made the decision that he's not going to play him. What do you think of that? Like – if we're not going to see him, I would have played him. That's just I me too. <laughs> I, I, I would have played him this week because I don't know if you watch the Jacksonville game, uh, dude's a little rusty needs the work, but um, in any event, so August 30th, 4 PM, he goes on reserve suspended by the commissioner does not count against the 53. He has to stay away from the team. And I believe until October 10th, then he can come back and begin participating in some team activities because that's the midpoint of the suspension. If he, he passes, if he passes if, the if test. He, of the league, if he, right? Well, if he follows whatever protocols the league is confidentially put in place for him, then um, he's eligible for reinstatement November 28th, eligible to play week 13 in Houston against his former team, uh, the Texans. And I, I'm just going to caution people. I would lower your expectations. I think it's going to take Deshaun a little bit to get the sea legs back under him. Hadn't played in a long time. Looked like a guy in Jacksonville. Hadn't played in a long time. Also didn't get some help from the supporting cast. I just think, you know, uh, he. I don't think he's the the guy to save the season. That's, you know what I'm saying? I don't think we're going to – it. 
we get to December, right? And need someone to right. save the season. I think that's a lot to put on him. I realize he's the $230 million man, or in this case now the $225 million man. But um, I just would temper my expectations about him being the guy that's going to swoop in like Superman and he's going to carry the team to a 6-0 and finish down the stretch. I just I don't feel that's fair, and I also don't think that that's the least bit realistic. He's going to have some rust he has to knock off. Yeah, I, well, you're talking about tw- what, 11, 7, 28 games, right? Yeah. With playoffs in between that you didn't make. Um, are you thinking that the Browns need to? If it, like I keep thinking about Garoppolo, and I'm like, eleven games just leaves you in this total limbo. That I mean, do you really want to go get that? Because you're gonna have to trade to get him. If he becomes a free agent, it makes no sense for him to come here unless there's no other team that wants him. And I don't see that happen. Yeah. I, um, I know what they're saying about Jacoby Brissett and how confident they are in him. I. Andrew did not give him the full. I just. Do, do you think that Andrew Barry in the press conference gave him the full, we believe in him. He's our starting quarterback, and he can make this happen while we're waiting for Deshaun. I didn't get that feeling from Andrew. Like, the question that was asked to him, right? he didn't answer it. Yeah, and uh, same thing, you know, with Kevin. Because what are they supposed to say? No, we think Jacoby sucks, and we can't wait to find someone. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't You're know if there's – say that stuff. Just, I mean, are they better not, off? We, still, we totally yeah. got coach and GM speak. Yeah, and you're we're right. Gonna you're right. You, you're you know right. what I'm saying? Because, yeah. again, how are they supposed to answer the question? So, um. I just, if it were me and it ain't my money to burn, so I don't care, I would go trade for Jimmy G. I would, I, I would, I would do it in a heartbeat. And I know What's some people, the, I know some people will, you know, take that as me dumping all over Jacoby, but like, I mean, if Jacoby was that good, he would have gotten to $230 million and we ain't sitting here having this conversation today. Bottom line that, I mean, I hate to put it that way, but I mean, you you look at his numbers. He's been a he's been a quality backup quarterback in his career. He's he's had to step in some incredibly difficult situations. Um, the one thing that fascinates me about him uh, is everyone just raves about uh, how great of a leader he is. Anthony Walker said something that has kind of stuck with me, and that was how Jacoby was five and two with the Colts a couple years ago. And then their season went off the rails. They ended up losing, I think it was seven of their last nine because basically everybody that was anybody on that team and including Jacoby, Jacoby got banged up a little bit too, but they had a Cleveland Brown style season where just all their important guys got hurt. I mean, you, you look at the guys that he's had to step in for Jimmy G he's, he's had to sub for Jimmy G Andrew Luck. Tom, like he's, he's had the, you know, sub for some pretty good quarterbacks here uh, in his career. So um, I, I just, and the other thing too, is if Deshaun comes back and he's rusty or he, whatever, like, cause he's not allowed to be around the team for uh, until mid October as a, res- as a result of this uh, uh, suspension. So I would go get Jimmy G because it's not my money. I think I think Jimmy G's in line to make twenty five million this year. 
I don't care. Not my money. <laughs> That's I agree with you on that. You know, I was just thinking, and I looked it up just to make sure, right? We've had 31 quarterbacks since 1999. Right? Um, I really hate doing this to you on the podcast. I have to correct you. Yeah, what is yeah. it? No, I'm asking. I'm, I can't uh, remember. Wh- whoever starts week one, if it's Jacoby or somebody else, will be um, – oh, crud. Now you're going to make me look it up. Uh, oh, I looked I, it up. I just I, – I had I it. I couldn't remember. I want to say it's uh, that it's going to be quarterback 33. Okay, because I thought this was going to be th- quarterback thirty-two. Hang on, I'm I'm pulling up my spreadsheet here. I'm pulling up the bleep sheet right now. Okay, here Documents, it comes. Documents, Cleveland Browns folder. This is all behind the scenes. Good. Browns stuff. bleep sheet. Open Microsoft Excel. Wait, I guess I shouldn't mention them, huh? Um, thirty-three different starting quarterbacks. So it's thirty-three. Maybe I missed one there. So okay, so this will be thirty-four. Is that what you're saying? And they've had eight. Uh, this will be the 18th different week one starter. Oh boy. So, but I mean, so we're guaranteed. So you're saying this is 33 this week, right? The yeah. week one Jacoby percent will be 33. Yeah. Yep. And then if Deshaun comes back, he's 34. He'll be 34. Yeah. And you're going to tell me 30, where he's not going to be 35. Cause I got to tell you somewhere along the line, you're going to be ended up. If he's 35, world. something went really bad. Right. Well, I mean, do we expect quarterbacks to start all 17 games all season too? That's another, I mean, it doesn't, I'm you know, so fashion. yeah, I kind of want the franchise quarterback to start all 17. It'd be great. I mean, and <laughs> and think about that Mayfield ate up a big chunk. Hey, we got three straight years of no quarterback controversy. I will be eternally grateful to Baker Mayfield for two things. One, uh, he made me eat humble pie the Pittsburgh playoff game. Right. Oh, I remember. And and two, for three years, I did not have to talk about the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns going into training camp. Like, <laughs> that was freaking amazing. Be careful what you wish for because you got a whole ton of you-know-what dumped on you because of it afterwards, right? Quit yeah. wishing for that stuff. Maybe a little drama everywhere. Uh, isn't so bad. All right, Daryl. So let's put a bow on this show. I know we'll be talking about the Eagles uh, coming up on Sunday here uh, eventually, and we'll talk about what we're watching. But I, I, I don't think are we going to see Jacoby Brissett then on Sunday? No, you you're not. Yeah, gonna see, so you you're not going to see Jacoby Brissett. It's going to be Josh and Josh. No Josh. No Josh in you. It's Josh and Josh. It'll be Dobbs and uh, Rosen. Rosen. All right. Final thought. I'm spent. <laughs> I think we all are. I, I got to tell you, I've never been happier about a suspension being handed down because it's it's resolution. And we also know they're not going to court. Right. So that's the best part of it. It's done. It's over with. And now can uh, look forward. And, uh, um, yeah, so that's, I think, where we're at. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Daryl, outstanding job for our producer, Meredith Kane, who rocks every week. Thank you very much for your hard work today. Um, And uh, we look forward to knowing who the quarterback uh, could be for the first 11 weeks of the season in Jacoby Brissett for the Cleveland Browns. Thanks for listening. If you want to be a part of the show, you always can. Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at GameDayCLE. Or what we really would like is if you would subscribe to the podcast. We'll be your friend. Well, I'll make you a friend of the podcast. If you subscribe to the podcast and that's something you can tell all your friends about and you don't really win anything, but you can make up your own t-shirt with a magic marker, knock yourself out. Thanks for listening to it's always game day in Cleveland.